Welcome to the 185th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Alex Schwartz and Ryan Godoy. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Unlow. Today we've got Kimmy Gatewood on the show. You'll recognize her from one of the beatdown biddies on the Netflix show Glow. Did you did you like my bash impression? Oh, no. Ready? I didn't realize it was sure, a bash impression, yeah. but now I realize Today that. we've got... Kimmy Gatewood, one of the beatdown biddies, and also a director from the hit Netflix show, Glow! That's pretty good. They, I, I feel like, you know, it's not often you get to do a bash from Glow impression, yeah. so I thought I'd go for it. And it's not often you see bash from Glow at Cafecito Organico, but I did oh, a few dang. days ago. So funny. It's really funny. So we talked to Kimmy about her career in comedy. She started in digital, kind of just like us, and also on stage, unlike us. She broke out uh, on the show Glow and managed to leverage that into a super exciting, super impressive career in directing because she kind of realized like that that was a passion of hers as well and managed to make the transition while she's still on this television show. So it's a really great conversation with Kimmy about the ins and outs of just kind of like growing as a performer and, and figuring out what you want to do behind the camera as well and what your your strengths and weaknesses are. But also, I think the moral of the story that's so interesting is that it still always boils down to relationships. And because Kimmy spent so much time in clubs, in theaters, kind of doing the traditional actor thing, she's got this awesome network of people to talk to now that she's she's got kind of this heat as a director. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I mean, not only is she on... Yeah, Netflix's Glow, which is a show that Netflix I really like. Glow! But she's directed Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She directed a show for YouTube Red. She directed some episodes for the new Apple streaming service. So she's doing all sorts of cool things. She's doing a movie. She's pitched for studio films. And what I like about this interview is we have a lot of directors that just kind of made like one thing. And that was like, what sky what kind of got them to the next big thing that got them to level up and it's not that that's not kimmy's story but it is but kimmy really is kind of like a journeyman director i mean she directed and directed and directed she did digital stuff branded stuff like music videos like oh we're just gonna do that can you just direct the snapchat videos for joel McHale or something and through just doing that and hustling and still making her own short films, which is, I think, the most impressive thing, which right. is even when you're getting paid to direct, like how do you go and direct the stuff that you really love and show people your voice? And she did that. And so it, it's a really fun conversation about, you know, directing and how a three to four year process to become a famous TV director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically overnight. It's also nice. Kimmy is quite funny. So that's a treat as well. Yes. But before we get into that, we've got a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash justshootitpod. It's a place where you can throw a few bucks if you like the show. I mean, we heard Kimmy's husband likes the show. If uh, you feel like you are listening on a weekly basis and some decisions that you have made on set have been directly affected by what you've learned on the podcast, then maybe you think that's worth a dollar a month. And hey, if you give us $10, even if it's just for one month, we will send you a Just Shoot It podcast hat, which have been big hits a lot of people have changed their patronage to ten dollars just to get that hat and then change it right back down once they get the hat hey man whatever's clever you know uh the other thing you can do if you really want that hat you're not sure if you want to like subscribe to patreon whatever that's not your bag you can also buy a hat as, oh, a, really? as an add-on to our live show 
for oh. our live show here in Los Angeles, October 20th. With It's a genre director's Halloween spectacular, but uh, I added a little add-on if you want to go ahead and uh, grab a hat. For an extra 25 bucks, you can get that hat. Oh, damn. I didn't know that. That's I, t- I sent you the email, buddy. Take a look. We I think we talked about it on the show. I don't think we have. You should listen to it. It's a good, good episode. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, without further ado, here's our sponsor. We are here with Zach Lepofsky of Shotlister. Now, Zach, your app lets you keep track of shots when you're on set. But for me, whenever I have like an iPad or any sort of like device, I feel like I'm always like putting it down and losing it somewhere. I like love having the paper in my hand. So. Is, does Shotlister have any solution for that, or do I have to carry a, a laptop with me everywhere? We are friendly to the, uh, you know, to the technophobics out there. We, uh, we, we have the ability to export this PDF that comes with all of your shot lists really well, kind of printed out. It looks as, as sexy as a PDF could look. That's how sexy this PDF looks. And I've found it surprising just by like printing out the shot lists and like handing them out to people to show like what we're going to be doing on the days. They're suddenly like super impressed. You're saying making your shot list on Shotlister is the equivalent of like putting your book report in a in a plastic folder before <laughs> you turn it into Very class. true. If you're in a situation where maybe the producers or the crew are starting to be like, I don't know if this person can do it. I guarantee if you print out your shot list, and circulate it and just everyone will immediately be impressed and realize oh wait they do have a plan if you print out an excel sheet it just kind of looks like you've been you know working on excel and it's all just kind of hard to never prints out right but our pdfs are formatted to print out perfectly every time this is as much a promotion of shotlister as it is a takedown of microsoft excel (laughs) (laughs) if you have a copy of excel but you don't have a copy of shotlister zach what do you do well, first of all, Excel costs like, what, $100 or something, isn't it? <laughs> At least, crazy? I think. Uh, Shotlister only costs $14, but for you, it's free. Isn't that crazy? And uh, when you say for you, you mean literally anyone listening right now? Anyone listening right now, all you have to do is email justshootitpod at shotlister.com. Say that you heard about us talking about Shotlister. Tell us what version of Shotlister you want. You can either have iOS, macOS, or Android. And uh, we're giving away free copies, 50 every month. So if you don't get one this month, email us next month and we'll send you one. Hey, we are here with Kimmy Gatewood. How's it going? (laughs) Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much for for coming. It's a beautiful night. And Kimmy, I don't think we've talked about, uh, I saw your short control. Oh, thank you. At uh, Damn Shorts Film Festival, like probably two years ago. What? Yeah, yeah. And it uh, killed. It was great. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> Pun Ooh. intended. Yikes. Ooh. <laughs> Excuse me. It's um, a short about suicide. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but Thank you. Kimmy, our listeners will probably recognize you most as uh, one of the beatdown biddies. Hey. I'm going to kick from your Glow. ass. Yeah, from Glow. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, wait, but in season I- three... You change characters, right? So in season two, we turn into the Toxic Twins, where I played Nuke, um, and uh, which, which it was 
uh, really fun, the, the wrestling characters, because I come from a sketch comedy background, so they basically let us, they wrote a couple lines of dialogue and then let us improvise most oh, of the time. So yeah, Rebecca Johnson, who plays um, Dawn on the show, we got cast together. Like in your a, audition? Yeah, as a comedy duo. We were brought in as a comedy duo. Did you oh, know her? cool. Yeah. So, so we, we, you were partners before we that? Were, we've yeah. been comedy partners for 12 years. Cool. We, we started in a comedy group called the Apple Sisters. We, we, we taught improv at the People's Improv Theater in New York. And so we've been comedy partners for twelve years, and our uh, we have a, we, there's a third girl in the three the Apple sisters, and she moved to Las Vegas to do Jersey Boys, and Rebecca and I stayed in Los Angeles, and we're kind of just like uh, hustling away, and uh, we got this call to go in together, and I was about to quit acting, <laughs> I was like, this is enough. I've I've done it. Sure. Were you I doing was, like live shows every week, like kind of killing yourself in the comedy yeah, scene? I definitely grinded it out in New York for sure. I started at the UCB. Did you guys do a, a like a internet sketch called Drippin's Gravy? Yes, yes we did. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah How yeah. do you know that? I used to work in the internet. I <laughs> was, we, we Matt worked at Comedy Central, and yeah. his job was to know who's funny. Yeah. That's I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Drippin's I've, I've, Gravy. Yeah. yeah the yeah. champagne of gravy. <laughs> It was, yeah, we did a live comedy show for, we started in New York and we came out to LA. We did Largo, we did uh, the UCB and um, we did a lot of internet videos like, they're not internet videos, they're regular movies. Just, they're just, like we have to stop, yeah, yeah, stop the a, stigma. Yeah. Um, yeah, comedy is what yeah, you were doing. Comedy, we were doing yeah, yeah. comedy. And uh, yeah, we we started doing it because I really just like thought that I was like this is just the next the next level for us. And then a weird we it's a 1940s comedy show, so like yeah, you super you run into a current. lot of like when you put it on film, you're suddenly like, oh, this is a <laughs> shitty 40s. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah. This doesn't look as good yeah, yeah, as yeah. Uh, Mad yeah. Men. <laughs> Did you study acting? I studied acting at Syracuse University. I was either going to go to Maryland to be a biomedical researcher or <laughs> theater at Syracuse, which I was the first person in my family to go to college, so I'm sure my parents were thrilled. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, good. You're like, oh, wait, the- theater? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the theater arts. Cool. I see. Cool. While you were doing all of the kind of the sketches and all that stuff, were yeah. you directing those videos or like when did you first decide to step behind the camera? In earnest, I, I, I was doing theater directing, so I did theater directing in college because it it's funny how it it all is very circular. Like I was frustrated with the part the parts that I was not getting in college, like there was in the, theater parts. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Like there was like you know they do two main stage shows a year, and there was like one funny girl in every uh, play, maybe. Right. And you're all fighting for the two girl parts, uh, whatever. I just got annoyed. So I put on the female version of The Odd Couple in college. And my mm-hmm. professor was like, You're like, oh. now there's two roles. Yeah. For fun yeah. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was like your pitch. Like, let's do The Odd Couple with two females. No, it's Neil Simon wrote it as a female version of The Odd Couple. Sally Struthers was in the original Broadway version. Oh, cool. Is and, that true? Um, I, I, yes. Oh, wow. There's no two, it was, it's uh, six like six female lead cast and then two guys so my college professor was like that can't be funny with women and i was like all right the fire is lit and like, it was a huge hit for the three nights it played sure, sure. You know? totally. <laughs> so um i i was always afraid of the camera obviously like wanted to be in a tv act a theater actor like a proper theater actor and thought you know TV's like, you'll get there one day and kind of grinded it out in live theater for a long time. And then I met a woman in New York and we decided to 
make a documentary film. Oh, interesting. Yes. So I don't even remember exactly how it started, but she had been working on another documentary and she was like, I want to make a documentary too. And I was like, yeah, let's make a documentary film. So we found the subject. His name is MC Frontalot. I, and the, the the nerd rapper. Yeah, sure. nerdcore hip hop rapper. Yeah. We, uh, but you started with like, oh, let's just make a documentary and then decided to find a subject. No, no, no. We... We knew what our subject okay, was going okay. to be. We'd been pitching television shows. Like, we'd been like, <laughs> remember, remember the time of VH1 where it was just like, sexiest celebrities sure. ever? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We were just constantly pitching yeah, yeah. television shows that were basically like, celebrities, crazy shoes, or whatever. Right, <laughs> we, were right. just, we wanted to be working television so bad. Sure. And then we found this guy who rapped about the internet and Dungeons and Dragons and... I, it, it's kind of insane the way it happened because I, I think just coming from comedy and theater, you just say, I'm going to do something and then you do it. You know, you just find a black box and you do it. Right. So we raised, I got $5,000 from the bar owner that I worked at. I worked at a bar called Off the Wagon, Danny Thomas's. The other guy, Ted, gave me $5,000 and her parents gave her like 10 or something. Then we bought two DVX 100Bs. Sure. Classic. Classic. Tape. I, I do love, Orin always gives me a hard time about talking about that camera. They're the fucking best. It did change a lot of people's lives though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like the first time where I was like, oh, you can make a real movie with this. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, what are they... The cameras that are the news cameras. Oh, know, oh, oh the, an ENG camera. ENG. Yeah, yeah, yeah ENG. Yeah. They, were, they were kind of... Kind of kind of like that. Yeah, but you could shoot... Those were the first ones that would shoot 24p. So it was like, mm-hmm. oh, now this looks filmic. Right? Yes, yes, yeah. 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 So we bought those cameras. I taught myself sound. So I learned how to use the camera. I learned how to operate sound, uh, like to record sound. So it was me and her. We hired a, a DP to run one camera while we run, ran the other camera. And we went on tour with this band <laughs> on Whoa. their first national tour. They gave us their, they got two hotel rooms. They gave us, so it was the film crew, it was me, her, and this, this DP. And we just stayed in the other hotel room while the bands. <laughs> that is pretty generous of them, though. It was right? so nice. Yeah. I mean, they were, but they weren't like your typical band. You're just like, we're going on a band tour like cocaine and hookers. It was just like, like full on Magic the Gathering. <laughs> they sure. taught me how to play it. It's pretty fun, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> but the fans were really nice. We followed them around. I like didn't know I didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew I wanted to do it. And what I knew that I was really good at was talking to people and getting stories out of people because I had worked with a lot of solo performers uh-huh. on stage. Interesting. I, yeah. I directed a lot of solo shows, so it was all about storytelling. So like The Moth, for example, or um, I worked with this woman, uh, Kirsten Ames, who's our manager. We, she taught a solo show workshop. So I would ask people their, their stories and we would get it out of them. So I got a really good candid moments from the um, the, the people. From, yeah, from nerds. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I didn't understand yeah. hip hop and now he's talking about <laughs> Ram and I love it so much. Well, and, it was the first, the, the documentary was about like following this band at first. And then it slowly became about the democratization of music because iTunes had just come out, YouTube had just come out. And also, in addition, it was just finding niche marketing and the nerd had become cool. Like, yeah. it's just like, because we started yeah, it's, in 2005. It's yeah. It, it eventually, we finished it and it went, premiered at South by Southwest in 2008. So it was, I realized documentaries are only for rich people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That, that is. 
Unfortunately, true. Yeah. True-ish, maybe. Like you need so much money and so like much time. Like making documentaries. Yeah. It, it just takes so much time and money. And like we didn't pay ourselves. And I got like the biggest argument I got in with my like fellow producer was like, I was like, we can't afford to pay ourselves. She's like, I need to live. And I was like, no, we're fine. Like, we're splitting a free hotel room three ways. I feel like What's nowadays, it seems like documentaries... There is like kind of a pathway to making a living, especially well, the, with Netflix. There's and a the market for and, them, which is nice, sure. right? So like, which didn't exist, can, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. There, and there's a, a greater demand for them. Well, yeah, we've had some doc filmmakers on here. We had like someone that does Chef's Table. We had someone that had a show on Showtime, um, th- like a doc show. Mm-hmm. I think there's like it seems like there's more. Nowadays, there's more of a way in through documentary to get paid, which didn't exist back then in 2005. But there is the sort of long form waiting game sort of documentary that is still occupied occupied by people who know how to get grants you know (laughs) like there's a lot there's still like a lot of like publicly funded documentaries i think as well you know yeah i yeah we did not i mean we were really scrappy and we actually the how we finished the movie was we raised money through the mc frontalette's fans like we were like do you want to see this film it was before Kickstarter. We were like, we, you, you can PayPal us money and we'll put your name in the credits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, God, like, that is, Kimmy, that's like the most 2005 thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. So it was probably <laughs> illegal at the time. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I we remember. would like send them buttons. Yeah. Like, I remember t-shirts. I tried to like raise money on Craigslist for a movie once. <laughs> And people were like, uh, no, you will go to jail. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I directed a play yeah. called Kidnapped by Craigslist. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Oh, cool. I did a short called Craigslist, and it was about this <laughs> guy named so Craig. We are so mid-2000s <laughs> yeah, sure. right now, bro. You got it. So, Kimmy, so... hot mids. I don't know. <laughs> so, did, <laughs> the, did the documentary, you said it, it premiered at South By in mm-hmm. 08. Did, yeah. Was that the thing that kind of launched you? Or no, like, well, tell no. me about the in-between time, right? So it came out in 2008 and I thought, this is it. I fucking made it. And uh, went to South By and it was so fun and everybody loved it. And there was even a competing nerdcore documentary at the same time. So like our camera crews met one time. We were like sure. full on jet sharks. <laughs> like I was like, why am I competing right now? But, yeah, well, we should yeah. team up, you yeah, guys. Yeah, but... Um, uh, Who's the other nerdcore MC? There, there, uh, well, there was a bunch, which you can't see my documentary anymore because it was streaming on Netflix. And then B Side Films, who was the distributor, like went belly, belly up, up, and yeah. so I don't. It's just like either on a hard drive or I have a DVD. Oh, yeah, uh, just email Kimmy. She'll mail you the hard drive. Just mail it back. Yeah, there's a PayPal button on her <laughs> website. Actually, yeah. you go to kimmygatewood.com. So what was your next directing gig? Basically, well, after after Nerdcore, I went back into acting stuff and I, I like tested for SNL at that time. I was like in a, my first independent feature and like it was a lot of just weird things. And this is what always I feel like ha- happened. It's like, you know, every, you guys know everything at once. And um, and so I put directing kind of aside for a little while. And then I jumped on after, basically when I got to L.A., I needed to make money. So I started working in digital. So I worked at Maker Studios. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? At Hulu. What did at you do at Maker? I was working on the development team. It was an amazing team. Sam Scharf, who worked with Robert Smigel, um, TV Funhouse. Uh, this guy, Scott Little, who worked at Adult Swim. And Horatio Sands, the comedian from SNL. It was the four of us doing comedy development for Maker. I mean, that sounds Maker. awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It was... 
like it was a a, a comically mid two thousands job. Sure, yeah. You know, <laughs> it was a startup, and like we started a, above a taco bar was our first office. Then they went the next office they. They put us in, there was a Costco nearby. So like, I was just like, I'm going to buy some plastic balls and throw them on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) There was like an influx of scooters. Then the next office after that, there were definitely ping pong tables. And then like Endemol bought the company and quickly, like probably two weeks later, I was escorted out by security. (laughs) Yeah, no, I worked for the, I mean, I worked for them and I worked for Hulu. I wrote for their recap show and I directed an episode of that. Oh, great. Um, were you, while you were in development, were you yeah. kind of trying to find little opportunities to direct? Was that always kind of in the back yeah, of your mind? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I wasn't sure why. I was afraid, I think, being an actor and a, a woman in the business that I wasn't going to know enough about lenses and gear. And, you know, I think that was like what kind of held me back for a while, even though I knew how to operate a camera and I'd have to like preface every interview I had with like, I've operated a camera. I know how to run sound. I know how to edit. Uh, yeah. You like, like made I, a movie that played South by yeah. and it was you and one other person. Yeah. yeah. I guess what I'm curious but, about, cause we've yeah. had, you know, we've had a bunch of actors. We had like an actor slash director month of yeah. actors that turned into directors. Yeah. And I feel like I never got a straight answer from anyone about when you're on set, like, are you mm-hmm. studying the directors that you're working with? Are you studying the DPs, the lighting, the, are you more aware mm-hmm. of the camera and what is happening on set than you would be if all you, you were thinking about was the acting part? Well, now, now I am, but I'm directing television more frequently now and I'm about to direct my first feature. So now I'm more keenly aware of what I like about directors and what I don't like about directors I think I wasn't able to I think as an actor you, you you're not really in a place of power unless you're sure bigger you know and and mostly when you're an actor like I am which is like you know somebody who works on television occasionally and like sometimes gets a, a lucky break in a independent or whatever but yeah like you're just kind of happy to be here please don't fire me sure. <laughs> now, now that i'm on now will be four seasons of a television show i feel a little more agency and observing and deciding what i do and don't like because like i i personally like hated when before i really decided to become a director in earnest when i just felt like garbage on set but i blamed myself and now i realize that it's more of like a director who doesn't know how to talk to actors uh, or interesting wait yeah. when you say you felt like garbage you mean you felt like unimportant or you felt like you weren't doing a good job both both there's like the when you feel like you don't have the opportunity to do your job best when you're just kind of like you're unimportant and like just do it and let's move on kind of thing where you feel like you feel like you're swimming in like you don't know where the camera is <laughs> you don't know where you like you are and like you've read the script but you don't know what where you are in the story it's just kind of like you're plopped on set and expected to know what's going on which is your job i i think the best actors know what they make sure. a choice but it's like when you're kind when you have questions and you, your questions are suddenly an inconvenience people are like really just say the fucking lies you know right, like, right, right. it's like yeah, yeah. that's not the the, and and I'm not a fussy actor, but, but that, sometimes those are the you days. just need a little bit of like, hey, 
remind me what's going on or reorient me or like I had a question about this that was never clear in the script. Right. Something's know. changed or sure. I pitched like, you know, you kind of like pitch like people are very flexible on set. Like you pitch bits, especially in television. Like sure. you're just always trying to find like what organically feels right. But then some sets are not like that. Right. So it's like like setting the tone, I think, for the actor, because every set is so different that I feel like the best directors will I think they'll have you like read the words, then they'll have a rehearsal, work out the kinks so that like writers aren't frustrated, so that the camera people aren't frustrated that you're doing something suddenly out of nowhere. Like, because otherwise, suddenly you're just like, here's your blocking, now do it, and you're just stuck mm-hmm. in a seat or you're stuck right. standing. And you not maybe moving. had a great idea, or maybe, you know, who knows, right? Yeah. Right. That's so interesting. Right. Let me, I have a question. I'm curious what sure. you guys um, would say. So a lot of times, well, Matt and I do a lot of like commercials or one day gigs, you know, where mm-hmm. we, we meet the actors on the day of the shoot. Yeah. And so I always try to go to the makeup trailer or whatever and say like, hey, how's it going? I'm Warren. I'm the director. You know, like what's going on? Do you have any questions? I loved your audition. You go, boo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I feel like yeah. half the time the actors like don't seem that interested in talking to me and I'm. I, I don't know. It, it's like some, sometimes I'm like hoping that there will be this like magical connection in the makeup <laughs> chair so that when we get to set, they're comfortable and they're like, hey, I want to do another one or I can do that better. Like so that that's not the first time we are communicating with each other is when we say action. You know, do you do you guys find that like what's your kind of move to like make like address the issues that you're talking about, which is like just getting plopped onto set. I, I think how that, do you address it with actors? I think your thought of going and saying hi early in the day, especially in the chair when you know where they are and like things are still getting going is really good. But then I also I like to just explicitly say, like, hey, this is how I like to run my set. Like we'll do it my way, but like it's always easier to shoot another take. So if you have an idea, let's do it. Right? Like just kind of saying that plainly at the top, setting those expectations, I think is really valuable. Kimmy, yeah. what do you think? You're a good, you're a good director. No, I, I try, I try. <laughs> well, what I think that's good. I think it's good to say hi. I don't, I mean, like the, the hi in the trailer is just like, hey, this is my face. I think that's what it is because you can't do work when you're, people are like, don't move your face. Don't like the other people are trying to do their job. So it's like not really like growing down at that point. I think right. it's just like, I recognize well, you, you recognize me. See you on sure. set. Yeah. I'll be in the chair. Bye. <laughs> so you think less is more in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> that's just me personally. Yeah, no, no, but, but I think that's so helpful, though, because yeah, I think because I'm a lot of times and I, I assume it's different with a female actor and a male actor because, you know, they're just spending a lot more time in the makeup chair than the male actor who's like a lot of times like, what's up, dude? Yeah, it's cool. Love the script. Uh, and I'm like, this script is horrible, but okay. Um, What's up, bro? Uh, and then the All I hire is guys to talk like this. <laughs> and the female, oh, wow. the actresses are like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, any questions? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Happy but to be maybe, here, afraid to lose my job. But That's maybe the they yeah, in the entertainment industry. It's also different if there's like celebrities. Then the pressure is kind of reversed, right? Yeah, it's like absolutely. I'm happy to be here and afraid to lose my job. Right, <laughs> that's true. Right, um, that's totally true. But yeah, okay. Well, I think that's helpful. I, I mean, mean, I think yeah, I think especially because first of all, like for for an actor, the hair and makeup trailer is kind of like a safe haven, right? Like you find out the gossip, you find out like sure. who's who, what's Boy, what. That and is like, so real. The gossip mm-hmm. in those trailers is the realest. Yeah, right? like you because you know like 
the hair and makeup people hear all of the good dish yep. and like love to tell you the lay of the land. And I think maybe think it's their job a little bit as well. And it kind of, it's not officially, but it's so nice. Also, it's very helpful because, well, I got really frustrated on set because like a, a young actor had like their their dog passed away. This like, is you acting or directing? This is me directing. And usually like the people that find that out first are the hair and makeup trailer and you... Like you rely, I would rely on them to tell me if something was wrong with an actor, uh-huh. if they're having a bad day, if they're having a good day, like, because it's just like getting a haircut, at least, you know, in the salon or whatever, like, or the barbershop, people just yammer about their, sure. their true yeah. feelings. And like, you have to, like, that that is an important part, unspoken rule or like thing that you yeah, have I was gonna on say, set. Do you, you know? ever kind of like, you know, mention that to your team? Like, say like, hey, if you guys ever catch wind of anything, like. You well, it's me know, not or is me. It... I mean, TV directing, no, but film directing, yes. But producers have that, and like they will, they will tell you if something is happening. So, like, it's it's like it. it there are spies it, everywhere. Is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Actors but, listening but, at home. But you know, like <laughs> if the, but, you, know, you wouldn't yeah. start with her coverage, and I right. did yeah. start with her coverage, and it backfired. You know, and if sure. I had oh. known, I would have changed my day a little bit yeah you know (laughs) i've definitely been in like both situations one where people are like oh no that actor is like a real a-hole or whatever you know and they're like kind (laughs) of are building up this drama and then i meet them like "Uh, like, fine they just seem normal they're just hadn't had their coffee yet or whatever yeah um and then i've had the opposite where we're working all day we're shooting everything is going great and i'm like super happy at the end of the day and then the producer it's usually Eben Kosmar, this guy I used to work with a lot. What up, Eben? It would be like, oh my God, we dodged such a bullet. You know, Kimmy showed up to set and said she wasn't doing it. She was about to get in the car and leave, and we like begged her. And, and I'm like, what? All of that <laughs> happened? Like, I had no idea. It was just so nice to me. Yeah. yeah. My rule is I, I will believe someone if, like, word on the street is that they're so nice. That, I think you can believe that. I think if they're not, like, if someone's like, look out, they're in a bad mood or whatever, I would take that with a big grain of salt because i think that people love to talk about how moody actors are or performers in general you know what i mean like just but they're really just vulnerable yeah yeah Yeah. and you also have to have the the entryway into their process and i i've worked with a different another enough kind of different actors that i know a lot of entryways into actors processes and you can read the room yeah like a lot of a lot of friends of mine like they're just like happy to be here what do you need i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a choice please adjust me accordingly some people don't want to be told what to do a lot of tv actors like you know who've been doing it for a long time like sure. being being on a show for three seasons now about to go into the fourth one right i know my character better than some director directors. Who, who's who's just kind of like coming in for a when, couple episodes when, yeah. at, at the most yeah. yeah i mean probably better than all directors that aren't like part of the show right yes and, well, and Glow doesn't have, like, a producing director or anything. So, like, uh, we have different directors pretty much every episode. We have ones that come back. But, you know, we know our characters better than yeah. they know our characters. So if they're going to say, you guys sit together, and we say no, yeah. it's because we know our characters. Right. We've we've been in, like, a three-arc fight or, like, a three-episode uh, fight. Sure, sure. <laughs> like right. We sit yeah. next to each other. Hey, it's going to be weird, yeah. you know? So. You guys have had some awesome directors. Like, Lynn Shelton, didn't she? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. Lynn Shelton. Claire Scanlon. Yeah. Um, I saw Alison Brie directed an episode. Alison Brie directed an episode. I was like, she's episode. not much. She's not really in this episode. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, see. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we had some great. We have uh, some terrific directors. Jesse Perez did our pilot. Oh, oh yes. cool! That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. um, he's directed at least one or two episodes every season. And uh, I've learned a lot. And it was, I think, because I was about to quit acting, run a podcast network, <laughs> but, then, but then I got glow. Um, <laughs> but then I, um, then then I started doing directing in earnest, and it was because of glow that the opportunity to direct, uh, I had more visibility, and I used that to actually get a directing career instead uh, of an acting career. Interesting. So, so elaborate on mm-hmm. that a little bit, right? So you're mm-hmm. you got the show. It's like especially. It, out of the gate it's white hot right like yeah. everybody knew like oh this is special this is kind of like a big marquee show mm-hmm. for netflix so you're like oh you know i've always wanted to direct i'm on this hit show mm-hmm. hire me like how does it work what did you do so before before glow i had been doing rachel bloom's videos music videos from crazy ex-girlfriend but yeah, I directed Rachel bloom's music videos which, which directed, videos did you do i did i don't care about award shows uh-huh. i did lady boss sure I did her Planned Parenthood videos. There was one called, uh, there was like the Vagina Game Show. And uh, there was uh, something about STDs. They were great. They were on Refinery29. Classics. Classic (laughs) vagina stuff. Um, Funny enough, the episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend I did was um, all about vaginas. And we also share a gynecologist. (laughs) Me and Rebecca. Wait, (laughs) I mean, no, Rachel. What, uh... (laughs) What episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I did the Cats episode. Oh, sure. Yeah. Fucked on the Cats. No, no, no. No, 409. Gotcha. uh, Season 4, episode 9. It was the one where Rebecca Bunch um, gets like a yeast infection. Uh-huh. And it manifests as like, or she wants to have sex, and it manifests as a singing cat, played by Ricky Lindholm, and then of Garfunkel and Oates, among many things. And then the next cat that came out was... Uh, itchy cat because she got a, a yeast infection sure. and that was played by Fred Armisen and then, <laughs> then there was Funky Cat sure who was played by to- um, uh, Todd Recall oh wow and then Happy Cat when she finally got laid by Rebecca Johnson and then um, Nostalgia Cat played by Megan and- Amram <laughs> <laughs> and how involved, so you directed just one episode of the show. Yeah, yeah. And obviously that That cast, was a huge deal. Obviously, that first that network you, television show was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Right. How involved were you in casting those people that you just named they, as the cats? They were, I uh, I have a great relationship with Rachel and Aline, the showrunner. And they were definitely more open to like my uh, your feedback. Your input, yeah. My input. That's you know, cool. for guest stars and Rebecca, my comedy partner, and slash Glow, like also knows Rachel for many years too. Like we were like, she'd be great for this, and you know, so Megan was that, would be great for that. So. Was that the first gig after Glow that you were like, oh, I'm gonna like make no. this happen? You well, let me it. let me back up. Sure. Um, so Sorry, the I got first, on a crazy the, girlfriend. No, so yeah, I know. I, like, what? I miss that show so yeah. much. I wish. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. wish. Yeah, seriously. I I I'd have another season or five. Um, so the first, so when I was pregnant with my first, uh, my, my child, I was working digital, doing some acting, like a lot of Conan bits <laughs> and, um, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. My husband was, is also a director. He was unavailable to do this digital pilot and said, you should do it. I was scared shitless. Like I had directed a bunch of digital things at Hulu maker, blah, 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 um, at Jash. And I was, did, uh, directed some of norm mcdonald's live show on jash we can get into that if you guys want to talk about it but i was scared and it was 12 minute pilot 
but he said you should do it so i just said yes kind of blindly of course i can do this i just kind of tricked my brain into thinking i could do it and then that got picked up for 10 episodes by Lexus, so it was branded content in Comedy Central. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Wait, what, what show was this? Junketeers. Oh, no, did not. Yeah. Well, it was uh, out of New York. The gotcha. New York office did okay. it. Okay. Um, and then this, then the same production company, I directed another pilot and it's called Hyperlinked, and that got picked up for ten episodes at YouTube Red, and gotcha. the ten twenty-two minute episodes. So yeah. it, I kind of I've been doing comedy sketches and music videos and then I got these two series kind of back to back and I was like, maybe I should be doing this in earnest. And then I did Control and that is the thing that truly opened the doors for me. That was was the short film. The short film I did. That's so so fascinating. That's worth kind of pointing out to people though, right? Because I think mm -hmm. it would be easy to think like, oh, well you did these other series and so it kind of just snowballs from there. And the YouTube show is like a TV show. It was a full television show, yeah, 10, 22-minute episodes. And was it DGA? I, uh, that was not DGA. That was non-union. And I did five out of the 10 because I was I was doing GLOW, so I would leave the set of GLOW and go and direct my block of this television show. I mean, fuck yeah, right? Like, it's pretty excellent. <laughs> and you were living in New York? No, I was in LA. I oh, was in okay. LA. I moved in LA in 2008, 2008, yeah. But, but the, so, mm-hmm. so Control... It played a lot of places. It played right? a lot of places. Yeah, so it was kind of like, and it's a Vimeo staff pick now, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, like, it's made the the round. It's like a successful short, but it's interesting. It's still just like a proper short film, right? It's like yeah. one character in a single location, kind of like, you know, a well-executed example of just like a simple short short. And where did, yeah. it, where did it premiere? Palm Springs. Oh, cool. Which and was amazing. So it after season one of Glow... It was after the election. I was feeling depressed. <laughs> well, and my writing partner, Allison, and I decided to make this short because I had been doing a lot of sketch. I've been doing a lot of, like, Hyperlinked was, uh, like, 12-year-olds, which that was awesome. But, like, I hadn't really kind of showed showcased the voice that was that I wanted to. So this was my opportunity to explore what I love the most, which is dark comedy and exploring difficult topics and control we made by ourselves so that i directed it my husband ran sound devin doyle was the dp and allison wrote and starred in it and that was our whole crew we did it in three and a half days with uh and then we didn't do our seed and spark fundraiser until after we had finished it so i edited the film and then did most of the the sound edit and then William McGugan and I got a colorist and stuff after we so I, I put it together sent, submitted it to, to Palm Springs as a deadline three weeks after we shot it and it got in yeah, yeah. to Palm Springs on the rough cut and I was like oh shit <laughs> sure. like, and how long was it it was 14 minutes so it started when I submitted it. It was about sixteen minutes, okay. and then I cut two minutes out. That's that's a um, that's a pretty good sweet spot for like a like a serious short film, right? Yeah, I mean it's a comedy, but a dark comedy. But but, but you just yeah. mean like I mean like, like a, oh like a like a like something that you can say help I'm legit or because like I a cap, that a so capital much. S short film. Yeah, <laughs> well, like yeah. something. Look it, to me, like the difference between the YouTube video and. The short film, and this is totally not true what I'm about to say, but it's that one of them can kind of be like what you're saying. It can be the calling card, the staff pick. This is like an example of me directing at my best. This is like what I do and what my mm-hmm. voice is. And then a YouTube video is like, hey, we thought it would be funny if like people farted yeah. on each other. Yeah. <laughs> 
That is Which, funny, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so. a lot of times your YouTube video will get 8 million views and your short will get 8,000 sure, like, views. Oh, yeah. 100%. But that short. So many is, laurels, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How many festivals did it get into, actually? I, the last time I checked, it was like 38, but then we just played another one. Yeah, yeah. 38. This. That's a fuck ton. That's so many. <laughs> we won 11 yeah. awards. Yeah. yeah. Wait, when did you shoot it? In 2017, I think. Okay. So not and that it, long ago. No. 2017, we shot it. And then, yeah, I got into Palm Springs, same year. And so this is something Matt and I are always struggling with. Matt yeah. is like 100 times better than me at like saying like I should I need to make a short this is like something I, kind of how I want to define my voice I'm going to go make it and I say the exact same thing but then I'm like oh there's a paying job or a paying gig like <laughs> and you were already getting paid to direct you know you did these big shows for YouTube Red and who where oh Lexus and everything what made you say like okay I'm not going to look for more jobs I'm not going to email the YouTube Red people and say hey what else do you guys have uh, I'm not going to just like get more acting jobs, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to spend the time to write this, spend the time to shoot this, spend the time to pay for well, this. Like how, how did you psych yourself out to <laughs> focus on that instead of the money stuff? Well, I mean, I, I, I live in an eternal panic. Also, I have a four and a half year old. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, so neither one <laughs> of those things doing? <laughs> helps you. Make she was two at the time or two. Yeah, two and a half. yeah, exactly. We had our friends watch our kid while we were doing this thing. This this particular short, I was just like, I, I, I just happened to be like, I, I love I think doing comedy. I love just making shit all the time with this particular short. I had just done glow. I had just done hyperlinked. Mm -hmm. I thought I was like, I've done it. I'm on a cool Netflix show and I just directed a whole fucking series. And then it was crickets. Oh, <laughs> like sure. nobody called because there was nothing to show anybody. Right. And I just got into a deep panic. Wait, why couldn't you show them hyperlinked? Because or... it wasn't out yet. It wasn't fully edited yet. Oh, and what I about finished you? shooting it in twenty, the early February twenty seventeen, and I couldn't show anybody anything. And like, I mean, if you want to get into it, it's like I finally did a multicam, and I'm like, I'm ready. I I, I did two two episodes of multicam. Can I please direct multicam? They're like, we haven't seen it yet, so we can't hire you for this multicam. Sure. Well, do you <laughs> have like, like reps Christ. that are trying to that you are of, calling? Of, and of course, but everyone's afraid to to hire anybody, and I'm relatively new, even though I'm I feel like I'm just sure. like another middle aged lady trying to get a job. Sure, right. Yeah. But yeah, it, the, the control happened because of just the pure need to, also because we knew we could do it. It was one character, one location. Uh, at, we shot it in Allison's apartment. Um, and I guess you and, had your husband, you, Allison. You were like a mot motivating each other. Yeah. And my husband and I have been making stuff for years. We worked for the nonprofit called Make It Work. Like we had this little, like tiny little shill that did all the Apple Sisters videos. And like we we did all of that ourselves. So we, we did everything from, you know, like for most of the things that I've shot in the past have been $500 or less. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so like, I, it's like lunch and the, the, prop you need basically absolutely everything yeah. else is like okay i've worked at this bar called the varnish a real bar downtown sure. in la very good yeah that i'm like can we please shoot there they said yes okay so yeah so control, control is yeah. a hit right yeah. and then what happens then glow comes out and, uh, and oh glow hadn't been out yet at right. this point yeah, oh yeah. i see yeah. so, so people out. in town know 
that it's going to be good, maybe. But like nobody but not, knows anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't. I couldn't get. I couldn't be arrested after the first. Like yeah, I yeah. shot the first season of Club. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was like, I, you I were do literally lot. soliciting people to finance your <laughs> yeah. short films yeah. on Craigslist, and yeah. you sure. can get arrested. Craigslist. Yes. I I really I was begging my like I'm like I just did a whole series and I just did this TV show which we weren't being paid very much it was like like very low scale mm-hmm. like yeah. under four thousand dollars you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. a week per episode uh, we didn't know we only got tra- contracted for three episodes which became four which became all ten like it wasn't it wasn't like this is the money job that was yeah, gonna yeah. change my life it was just like I hope it's good yeah and you also don't you know? know if there's gonna be another season or any of yeah. that stuff so yeah. that money has to last. You know, yeah. a while, right? Uh-huh. You're so, like, this show can't be good. I mean, Mark Marin, who's a, a podcaster. <laughs> Podcasters rule the world. So Glow comes out. It, it's uh, like bigger than we ever expected. And I decided like I was going to use that opportunity to get an agent because I'd only been with a manager at that time. A so, directing agent. Uh, an- oh, just an agent in general. Like I had, I'd been early in my career. I was with the UTA. And I left them because I was frustrated. And then, so I didn't have an agent for a long time. And so after first season of Glow, I was like, let me just go ahead and sure, get an yeah. agent now, again. Now is the time to go get an agent. Yeah. Right. Which so, I think listeners at home will be like, wait, what are you talking about? But like, like you that's can be kind of, on a, ne- yeah, on an entire season of a show and not have an agent yet. Yeah. That's very, and, very and true. And save 10% of that money. Yes. Put yes. that back in your pocket. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, like the first season, of, I mean, I was cast because of my live performance in New York. The casting director knew Rebecca and I from the Apple Sisters mm-hmm. in New York City. That's why we were brought in. So sure. yeah, you know, which is the reason you do that stuff besides loving comedy and all that. That's stuff. right. But like, yeah, you know, like, the relationships you yeah. build. I mean, it was a ten-year relationship, and it was nice ever to think of us. So it changed it changed our lives. Jen Houston, shout out. Yeah. So Glow comes out, and so then I get my agents and I say I want to be a director I don't want to go out for acting stuff anymore and they were like okay and then uh, my agent uh, ended up at Gersh and so she got me my first so when I said I want to be a TV director and a film director and I got my first job at Just Add Magic, a Amazon show. Oh, sure. Show. Yeah. I've so, driven past the billboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got an episode of the spinoff of Just Add Magic. Okay. I mean, off of your short? Off of my short film. Oh, yes. wow. Since I had worked with 12-year-olds on Hyperlinked, and then, which was a very, it was originally Hyperlinked was bought by Disney. So it was a Disney show, which, um, like, I love i love kids i love kids television but like i don't i like i i just didn't want to get stuck in that world sure it's it's like its own ecosystem yeah right yeah yeah for sure yeah. and there's Which, only so much work to ha- to be had yes right? and it and typically like women get stuck in that world because they're like you're a mom <laughs> you can talk sure. to kids right, right, right. so i i was afraid of it to be honest with you but the show is really cool joe nussbaum who's one of the eps oh, yeah yeah and he, he didn't uh he did the, the Star Wars um, short film. The Spiel- George, the, Lucas uh, George Lucas and Love. Oh, a great yeah. short. It so is funny. Classic. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he and Andrew Ornstein gave me my first. Who's doing Ghostwriter now um, on Amazon or Apple TV Plus? Um, they gave me my first shot as a DGA gig. So that still has not come out, and 
I shot that three years ago, I think, or two years, two years ago. That's just that magic. Yeah, just that magic. It'll be the spinoff. But that was my first DGA gig, and then I posted about it online. Got a uh, immediately my friend from I worked on a show called Not Safe with Nikki Glazer. I was a digital uh-huh. producer oh, for that, sure, so yeah. I was directing all their Snapchat content, all their digital content. And he reached out, and he was working on Joel McHale's show. He's like, "Do you want to do some segments for Joel McHale's show?" And then did that with Paul Feig and that was like you cool. know it just yeah. kind of like and and then it's really just like then then it was it's it's, it's, it's not like a it's not like it's like I'm on a roll all the time sure but, but it, it definitely that that's how it started and like I think just uh, I I definitely think glow the exposure from glow being an actor is the thing that really helped propel my directing career which is a weird, strange thing to say and not sure. helpful and did <laughs> well, that your, but, but no your directors but out there there is there is the <laughs> the thing because i remember being like jealous of like stand-up comics who were also great writers and being like well of course they're gonna get staffed like if you see someone set or like they did a conan spot or whatever yeah. and you're like flipping through pages and you're like oh i just saw them they're so funny but that's just another way of saying a type of exposure so there's a lot of different ways to get exposure and put like, yourself out there put i think it's the, o- the, exactly. the real lesson of it it's yeah. like just like just put some shit out on the internet or like do just do a storytelling show like right. you don't know and also i heard that is. like there's a mandate that they're trying to get more wrestlers to direct yeah so. uh, absolutely <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's like a new um, ABC diversity program that's just sure, for wrestlers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'll also take like bungee ABC, jumpers. W. And, uh, yeah, it's all motorcross. It's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I um, so I did a series called Timeline for Echo. It's a platform that's an interactive yeah. platform. I did it last year. Is it out already? Not yet. Okay. I hope it comes out one day. <laughs> Was it something you pitched or they you no, distracted? No, this, this uh, great writer, Neil Dusado wrote it. And it was produced by Olive Bridge, which is Will Gluck's production mm-hmm. company. So I got hired to do that series. And we shot uh, 180 pages in 19 days. Right. And it's going to be uh, seven minutes when you watch <laughs> yeah. it. That's right. Right? Because it's 180 you're different just, options. You're cutting me to the core. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. We've, we, we've, Matt and I have talked yeah. to Echo many times. Yeah, yeah. It's always like, wait, how much do you have to shoot really, and edit Let's for... Let's sidebar about that. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but... Um, we had um, Sandeep Parikh. Sandeep you know Parikh and oh, Andrew yeah. Reimer. The moment, that moment. Yeah, that, that was also an Olive Bridge and, production. And uh, Mercedes Bryce Morgan also yeah. did a, a oh, right. show. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's, it's, you know, they're going around, you know. Yeah. But I did that series and um, Will Gluck saw the pilot of that show and uh, somebody from Screen Jobs had asked him to direct this movie and he said, you should hire Kimmy Gateway. <laughs> Cool, <laughs> and and then I had to fight. I had to fight my way into that job. So I put together a. Do you know book. who you're pitching against? I don't know. I know that she knew. Uh, like, what's do his name? You um, know, there was somebody else it. in the huh? mix. Yeah, there was one other woman I was pitching against. Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Thank you. So she had I had a recommendation for Sasha Baron Cohen, and I was like, Oh God. <laughs> That's a pretty good wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I had Will Gluck. I mean, you know, he saved Sony with them. Uh, Peter Rabbit. I put together a about a thirty-five page pitch deck. So what do you get? You just get the script, or do you get like? Are, is there a cast attached? Or no, anything? it's just a script. And I how much together. time do you have between when you get the script and when you have to present your pitch? I think I had 
like they're like can you come in next week and i said i need two weeks so i i said the amount of time that i needed so i i ripped a bunch of movies put together a rip reel as well and thank god i can edit but i needed a young person to actually rip the movies for me. <laughs> <laughs> i was like how yeah. do you, how do you take a thousand dollars from with itunes <laughs> yeah you, you had went, your your netflix dvd collection <laughs> I went to the library and I found a bunch of things and I stole some trailers and it's it's it, I mean I know I've heard that people put together like fifteen thousand they spend fifteen thousand dollars on these things oh, and no. like oh yeah. like they hire someone yeah they hire somebody I mean it's mostly writers that do that that spend the fifteen thousand dollars but yeah yeah hey I guys afford to um, do that. I'll do that for fifteen thousand dollars so what lessons did you take from that experience this feature experience the, the, uh-huh. that first feature experience into the new one now uh-huh. that because this next one's getting made right this like, next one's getting made it's a million dollar movie so great. it's um, indie film or in, uh, indie yeah is indie film it's produced by han west at meridian who did lemon with janixa bravo and uh, brett gelman and um produced by burn later who've done a lot of features sure. as well and it's written and starring eliza schlesinger who's a comedian oh, cool and I'm very, very excited to be doing it. Did you this know her is, before this? I didn't know her before this. The script was given to me, uh, sent to me. Uh, I just, after the Sony picture, I got, I love that I'm calling it a picture. I'm sorry to everyone. <laughs> it's just who I am now. Um, <laughs> well, they are called Sony pictures. It's yeah. Okay. But after Classic. that, I, I, was, I was sent a lot more features, which is is something that is so hard to break into. I can't express the luck that I got. Well, there's and just the, so few made. Right? Yes, there's so few made and how lucky I am to have met Will Gluck, but I was sent a lot of a lot of movies and this one was sent to me and it really just sparked something in me. I got excited about it. It's kind of like a rom-com mixed with a thriller based on a true story, so like really reaching deep into like the like solo performer stuff we were talking about earlier like getting a person's real story and um i love writer performers being one you know i mean she's also like one of the funniest people she's so funny yeah america right now yeah she's a national treasure (laughs) but she's been trying to get this movie made for a long time but yeah she has a couple of uh, obviously Netflix specials now and she's got a TV show. She's going to do a sketch sure. show. She's a phenomenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, but she's been trying to get this movie made forever and uh, we met. We really hit it off right away and I just saw what the movie was going to be and it, we were supposed to do it in July and then we lost the funding th- uh, about five weeks out of shooting. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, did you have to fight as hard to get that movie? Like, did you make the Ripomatic and the Lookbook and the like 20 pitch practices and 30 people in the room pitching with you no <laughs> here's what happened with that movie i found out about like maybe three days before and i was like oh crap and so i put together a document and went into this meeting and told them what i thought and left the meeting i was like well i didn't get that oh well <laughs> and they got a call and said you got the movie <laughs> You're gonna be and that was that. Yes. You, there was no like coffee or a follow up or. I had to go to. Like, I had to go into. Um, I had to do one other meeting, and I brought like I made a little like five. Pa- I only had time to do like a little five page book together, but yeah. But that was it. Sometimes five is the magic number. Yeah. There. You know, like you can. You can it was just like a image. couple of images yeah. of like okay, just so that they're like you have a vision for it, and like you know you can talk right. all you want, but 
yeah. people just need to see images of what you're thinking so that you're not. But also, don't you find that like when you're kind of starting out in your career trying to pitch for these jobs, you're like, you're not that good at like saying unique things succinctly <laughs> to people, right? <laughs> it's like when you start out, it's very easy to be like, oh, the characters are going to be so multidimensional, right? You can just say all this super generic stuff, right? <laughs> but. It, but it's easy to show images and like to to make material to show people that you're a filmmaker. But the longer you do it, the better you get at like saying like, hey, this is like just being yourself and realizing like this is why I really like this project and it reminds me of this thing. And here's how I connect with it. And like it just makes me think of this one image. And that's like what the movie's about. Right. And like that yeah. might be as powerful as this like $15,000 ripomatic <laughs> from every movie from your library. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, it depends I've, on the yeah, movie too. Yeah. I imagine I've like overshared in movie pitches before, and I was like, I've just, I like, I knew it was happening. It was coming out of my mouth, and I was like, I'm oversharing right now. <laughs> like, why I personally connect to something? I think it's just like whatever timing, balance, all that stuff. You know? Right. It's such a mystery why yeah. we You're get like, jobs. Really. Sure. I've yeah. been on a bus that can't go less than sixty <laughs> miles per hour, or else I'll blow up. It's, yeah, yeah. Please get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, cool. So that's your next project. That's my next project. And yeah. you're also doing Glow season four. Yeah, Glow season four. And then I just did two episodes of a show called Helpsters, which is a Sesame Workshop Apple TV Plus joint. And now are they, are you just getting, are you like on these lists where people? I don't think so. That's, that's the thing. I'm still really hustling to try to get jobs in and television. What are you doing to hustle to get those jobs? Well, I know because I'm a performer and a writer. Uh, I just uh, my Rallison who's in control we just sh- sold a movie to Amazon which oh, is exciting awesome. thank you yeah. that's so, so awesome we're, we're to trying to Allison is in control yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right Seriously. but we're uh, we're still like we're ever. I mean the hustle never stops and what am I doing to hustle I'm reaching out to showrunners of shows that I know and saying I like would love to be on your show and sometimes they're like, yes, we have a slot for you. Or, oh, no, they're all filled. Or, But you're not doing that through your agent. You're no, reaching out personally. Personally. Yeah. I, yeah. My agents are working for me, obviously. Sure. But I find that Crazy Ex- uh, so Craziest Girlfriend was because I had a personal relationship with Rachel. Uh, Helpsters was... F- I knew this woman at Amazon who did Just Add Magic and I, I put out kind of an SOS when I was like all my movies fell through. I was like, I need, I need a job. And she was kind enough to like put me up for this job. And then Babysitter's Club, which I just did, was one of the writers from Glow. Yeah. There so you go. I wouldn't say that it's like this, all of a sudden you're put on lists. It's all personal relationships. So yeah. don't be a dick. Right. And don't <laughs> and also don't worry about the agent, right? Yeah. Because once yeah. you have the agent it doesn't really change much except for you can maybe use their name and you can get some meetings and they can negotiate for you, but they're yeah. not gonna make things happen in the way that you can for yourself. Right. I mean, my my philosophy in my career is I, I only want to work with people I like and know personally, so like I continue to just try to do that myself and like it's definitely nice for the agent like I've met a lot of awesome people that I wouldn't have met before but like they can't ultimately get me the job (laughs) you know you have to know somebody you know somebody you know somebody you know somebody and they can put me up for a hundred jobs and like I had a really bad job interview like I was in Montreal my short consent had just won like first place (laughs) this past year (laughs) 
the Ed Just for Last Comedy Festival. And I was on the phone with this guy and I'm like, we were supposed to meet in person, but the phone, you know what I mean? But sure, you had to yeah. do a phone and phone interviews never do. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're always terrible. And I was so I thought, sad. I didn't get the job, but, <laughs> but I was like, the show is so cool. I feel like such a loser, <laughs> but like at a festival that you're that I just won. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a prestigious fancy festival. And I'm sure <laughs> you have like plenty of friends there as well. It's like, you should be having a great time. Yeah. Right? But yeah. I hadn't met the guy. Like, I didn't know. We didn't have any people in common. Oh, and, interesting. You know, yeah. like, it was just such a bummer. I was so supremely bummed. But, yeah. you know, it is a constant contradiction of feelings. And no matter how much you think people have succeeded, they're all, there's always just like... I mean, I even look at like uh, Edgar Wright's... Uh, he was just posting about the um, Spaced, the TV show, like 20 years uh, Yeah, the 20-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And you look at the cast from that and the writers from that and the crew from that, and they all been working together for that many years. years. Yeah, yeah. So it's like really just goes to show you that you know you find your people and like if you can succeed together sure. like. just all get super famous together. Oh, just get, <laughs> let me just say it's so easy <laughs> can i ask you one last question sure about so now you're kind of i mean you said you're not on a roll but you kind of are on a roll and in, in tv you know you, you've done network tv you've done cable tv you've done yeah. apple tv the latest and greatest streaming tv um, <laughs> Premi- premium streaming which yeah, you know what though I would say now like, which to took be fair, all the Emmys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, now I think there's premium streaming and network are lumped together in most ways. For sure, I, I would say like, yeah, like the the same people are kind of fielding both things. Whereas like basic cable is still not premium, quote unquote, in the same way that say. A Netflix is, you yeah. Know, Netflix so four is by a, is three. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, but yeah. so, so you have, you've had all these DGA jobs where you're yeah. getting DGA minimum to direct health insurance, baby. TV in health insurance and all that stuff. What makes you say like, hey, I'm going to take myself out of the running for TV to go do this million dollar feature that like you are probably going to make a lot less money on? Like, what's what? It, why it is, is it important to make a feature that's not a twenty million dollar feature? I think it's important to make a feature because it's where the director truly has all of the say, most of the say, mm-hmm. especially an independent $1 million feature. You can really get to, like, yeah. I did. You're the boss. It's like yeah. a feature yeah. version of a yeah. short. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I prefer a set where I can be bringing in the people in the crew that I want to work with more than, like, I, I, I really do love television, but you are just a guest in their house. And um, you want to build the house. Me, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, girl, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I just like I, I definitely like I, I want to be the one to create the tone and the, the feel and the look and all that stuff. And I, I, I want to be truly kind of hopefully in charge ish mostly. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know how this all or works. Or collaborating, but yeah. in a way where your decision isn't can't be trumped by yeah some writer. Yeah. And I also, I just, I want to, I want to be a player in in the film world because I feel like that's where you can truly start making change in terms of storytelling. And that's why I got into it is because I wanted to see, just like in the original Odd Couple that I did in college, I wanted to lift up women's voices in comedy. And this is the only way that I kind of know how to do it truly and just find different actors and cast different people and make sure that there's a colorful palette of people 
because in you do have control of what happens on screen so just representing different kinds of voices and I feel like it's my responsibility as a woman in this industry to just try my best to get behind the camera so that I can make some changes because as an actor I'm just going to be fighting for the same part as every other girl. As everybody else. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's well. some full circle storytelling right there, Kimmy. <laughs> um, yeah. Did a lot of solo shows, yeah, you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to learn how yeah. to bring it back <laughs> yeah. to the beginning. A lot of improv. You got to call yeah, back. Exactly. Edit, blackout. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, blackout. There you go. Cool. Well, uh, before we blackout, can you hang out with us for to give us some unpaid endorsements? Sure, sure. Of course. Unpaid endorsements. I've got kind of a small re-endorsement, but uh, I'm going to double down on it. There's a podcast that I love that I've talked about enough called Imaginary Worlds. It's a, about kind of like um, sci-fi and like nerd stuff, basically. It's like a podcast. It's like the smartest podcast about like why you like or are interested by uh, invented, fabricated worlds, basically. And they did a crossover episode with another podcast, 20,000 Hertz, which is the sound podcast, where they'll yeah. kind of like Ooh. break down. Call it 20 kilohertz, but yeah. Uh, well, the, they wrote it out as 20,000 Hertz. Well, Every, everybody hurts. But so they did one, Orin, you're going to love this. The episode is called The Bouge, which is a reference to the kind of like almost like subliminal. Oh, the radio low, voice? L- no, no. The um, the that oh. they use in trailers. The sound effect, yeah. So like it's a big yeah. trailer hit. The, the trailer hit of like... And it's called the booze. The boot, that's what they call it. Oh, the I booge. love it. And so they talk... It's just about the sound design of and language of trailers. So Ooh. Just I like would a, love that's to. That's like a deep bass. Just yeah. Like, I was yeah. literally, while you started making your endorsement, I was like, I bet people only listen to my endorsements. But then by the time you got to the end of your endorsement... I was like, wow, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, yeah, this, this is guy's a 100% special. trouble. <laughs> Just uh, have an honesty problem. <laughs> so the is bouge. that what they call it now? Yeah. Honesty? <laughs> an honesty problem. Um, <laughs> so, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty solid. The bouge on imaginary worlds is the so episode. It, it's yeah. it's on the imaginary world. That part. sound yeah. effect is my favorite next to the like airlock sound. Like it's oh. just like, yeah, there's like a, a like, release. Like love pre- love a whoosh release. and a you yeah. Know? <laughs> you know what I love actually is like I love like little video game sound effects. Like more no like, less glitches. Bleeps. More like a like when you get um the oh. coin in Mario like the bling bloop. Like they're oh. almost like little chimes I'll use sometimes. That oh. stuff is fun. A ding. Yeah. Yeah. What sucks is like the best dings. They're usually called bells. And there's just so many bells when you're like looking for sound effects. Yeah. It's hard to find the right one. I, I still have this old Apple sound effects library that I don't know where it came from, yeah, but, but it's Soundtrack all Pro. free. It's for before that. Pre-Soundtrack Pro? Yeah. It's before that. I don't know where it came from, but it's all free. And I have you're carrying around using with You're probably At this point, I think it is. sound effects. <laughs> what is that? Audio Jungle. Pond 5. Premium Yeah. <laughs> Well, somebody's had to have uh, recommended this, but uh, there's Friends. a book called America's Women by Gail Collins, New York Times bestseller. Oh, no. Fantastic Kimmy, this book. is the first time. Yeah. Fantastic. America's Women. My wife has it. I haven't it's read it. It's a wonderful book. You can also listen to it. It's a great, it's a great book just talking about how 
Uh, it's fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. <laughs> America's women, all a fiction, fiction book. <laughs> well, I mean, 20th century women is a fiction. I see, I see what you're saying. No, it's movie. a nonfiction book about the history of women. Just basically looking at modern history through women's perspective and maybe some reasons why there's unequal pay. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Um, and the women's suffrage uh, movement, how it kind of came about. It's really fantastic. Can I ask, have you yeah. listened to it or did you read it? I listened to it. And did you like the audiobook I experience? Did. I did like the audiobook experience. Yeah. I've, another, like the the LA Public Library has an app called Libby. Are sure, you guys familiar? I, I yeah. Only vaguely. Yeah. It's it's a free free audiobooks. It's like Audible, but for free. For free. Yeah. But yeah. You need a library card. Right? Yeah, you need a library LA County library card, but you can download audiobooks for free, which is a life changer in LA where you drive so much. I was getting so frustrated at the the like the lack of reading that I was doing. Sure, yeah. And it's weird to listen and say I read a book. I'm ashamed, honestly. Well, but but, but like if it, they're essays and if it's episodic, I think it that's a easier experience than like. I find like fiction is so hard for me. Like if it's like a long book, I just, I just don't absorb it. But like, it sounds like nonfiction is always something that's more appealing to me. That's why I asked like, if you liked the audiobook experience. I did very much. So yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a terrific listen, I guess you'd say. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also, um, I saw when I was in New York city, I was there for about a month and I was, a little over a month. I went. Uh, I saw Jackie Novak show. Get on your knees. Then I went to a um, ice cream store called the Big Big Gay Ice Cream Store. I think. And they then, have one here now. I think oh, as well. So good. And then the last thing I did was we went to this bar. It was all in the same block. Last thing I went to was a place where they only sang Broadway songs. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no filming allowed and people were just like, turn it off! Like, it Jimmy, was, you had a New York night. Oh man, did I ever. Yeah. Then I saw Cuban jazz. So <laughs> everybody get down. Yeah, you are back in town. <laughs> so this is not my endorsement, but you know the new iOS 13, the new like operating system for iPhone. Mm-hmm. I guess it has like a new feature that helps track how much you're reading. Because if you use the Books app or something, and you can oh. have these like reading goals, like I want to read 15 minutes a day. And I'm only mentioning it because I didn't realize that that is a thing people do. But you mentioned it like that it's so hard to read. And we had Rebecca Green on, who the, the producer. We talked about how reading is like so important and she, yeah like that none of the people she talks to like read but they all want to be writers um yeah, yeah but read what though because i read thousands of pages of scripts sure sure but i don't rebecca means rebecca means books yeah, yeah she yeah. means books. like literature yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um but, and she's very smart so it was like well huh yeah this but, smart person is <laughs> right but so when i saw that. someone listing off the new features of ios 13 and one of them is like a you know basically you can set goals for how much to read a day i was like oh interesting like does reading the new york times not count towards that but i guess not um, but anyway, my endorsement. Shame on you for reading <laughs> uh, news instead yeah, of books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the problem with reading news. I like my like, stories. Okay. You're only reading the same thing over and over. Sure. Um, but uh, we have a, this insane mosquito epidemic in LA. We've never had mosquitoes in the LA. It's the nightmare. And in the last three years, it's been. I literally can't go into my backyard. They like love me. When mm-hmm. we were in Italy too, they were. It was out of control. Brag. There's something about Brag. me, and it's not my blood type. I'm A positive, and <laughs> O was, I guess, the one that they really like. But uh, so we got this. I have like a mosquito trap in the back. I have like all, I've done all the things you're supposed to do. 
vector control, fogging, everything. But so now I'm just treating the problem, which is the mosquito bites. And my mm. wife had told me about this thing called the bug bite thing that she had heard of. It's, that's what it's called, the bug bite thing. And I bought one on Amazon. And it's like this thing when you get a bug bite, it sucks the venom out of it. It works for like spiders and those like the fly, the venomous flies and uh, oh. anything, but also on mosquitoes. But it, it, I don't know if it like works or if it's just so painful. I'll let you guys try it out after the podcast um, that you just forget about the pain of like the mosquito bite. Wait, so describe this thing. Cause I, I was originally imagining just like a, like a suction cup of some sort, you know. I'm um, fully picturing a hypodermic needle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys, I, I are... was thinking of like you know the thing like you used to snuck, uh, suck snot out of like yeah. a toddler's right, nose. Right, like this is like a sea urchin, and people are like yeah, yeah. peeing on you yeah, and sure. then sucking something. Out. Yeah, yeah. He's getting it. Yeah, He's yeah, showing okay. it to yeah. us. I can't wait. Right. No, you guys are both totally right. But it's um, it's like a syringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this and, um, looks like a like if you were gonna pipe a maybe not to pipe a cake, but like don't put it on you. Oh God. <laughs> But now I've kind of like grown addicted to the to the pain from oh, it. It man. like it really hurts. hurts the first time you use. It. Yeah, this it kind of hurts. This has got a real curveball of a, um, of an endorsement here, Oren. You can turn the tip around if it's like a small mosquito bite or a big mosquito bite. But it's like a, it's um, it's pretty cool. I like it. If you get a ton of mosquito bites, check it out. The bug bite thing. Okay, cool. Well, Kimmy, do you tweet? Instagram, how do people, how do yes. our listeners find out what you're up to? I'm at Kimmy Gatewood at K-I-M-M-Y-G-A-T-E-W-O-O-D. On everything? Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Twitter, Facebook. MySpace. I don't, Never. I don't know. I started off on MySpace. That's how MC Frontalot got famous on sure, MySpace. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, still a mad respect for MySpace. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Kimmy. Thanks, uh, guys. I, I, I really, you were right. I, I do feel like I, I bored both of you to death with stories. No, no. No, who said that? So, <laughs> I, I said that most of our guests will be like, are people going to like this? I talked a lot. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, like that. you're on a podcast about <laughs> nerdy industry stuff. So like people who uh, care. Well, if you want to learn more about all the nerdy industry stuff that we talked about on the show, you can go to justshootitpod.com to check out all that stuff. Check out other shows, other episodes. And you can stay up to date with us on at justshootitpod across all social media and me at Mr. Matt Unmel. And I'm at Kaplan on Instagram. This episode was edited by Sarah Weirda. Our producer is Madeline Rosewatt. Our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And the music you're listening to is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazard. Please leave us a review on iTunes, and we will catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.